Welcome to Day 2 Cloud, and today we're talking with a developer. <gasps> That's right, a developer. We're talking to someone who actually makes product and then hosts it on infrastructure. We're talking to uh, Herman. Herman is the developer creator of BearBlog. Uh, it's a minimalist blogging platform, Ned, right? That's right. We, we found him. We tracked him down. We bagged him. We're going to tag him. We'll release him back into the wild when we're done. But first, we got a lot of interesting perspective on how a developer views infrastructure and also how he went about building this sort of minimalist blogging platform. I found it, frankly, fascinating. Yeah, it really was a, a wonderful bridge between the world of developer and uh, operations. So if you're on the ops side of the house and think those developers are just awful people, uh, I think you'll have a different opinion when you're done listening to the show. So enjoy our discussion with Herman Martinez. Herman Martinez. I think I said that right, right, Herman? Okay, maybe yeah, I was close. Close I, enough. Welcome to Day 2 Cloud, man. It's uh, it's great to have you on. And tell the nice people listening who you are and what you do. Yeah, great to be on. I'm Herman Martinez. And uh, <laughs> I uh, am the creator of BearBlog, which is a open source minimal blogging platform and i work on that alongside a bunch of my other projects but that's where i'm spending most of my time right now and bear blog is going to be the focus of our discussion today but uh, but before we get into that uh, i think i noticed doing my research that you have your own podcast right yeah yeah it's a good friend of mine uh who works at aws so you know for you you, you infrastructure people uh <laughs> and we actually don't talk shop that much on our podcast. It's mostly just uh, looking about at things that are interesting and having a nice chat once every two weeks. Uh, the, the main reason is he moved to the UK and we just wanted to get excuse to have a chat every now and then. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that sounds like fun. I should, I should tune in and check out what you guys are talking about spying on you. Well, the focus of our conversation today, Herman, is uh, is BearBlog. We do want to talk about your your pet product here. So would you tell everyone, uh, give us a summary of, of what it is at, at a high level. We're going to get into the technical stuff as we go, but just for now, like what is BearBlog? How do you price it? That kind of thing. Cool. So BearBlog is in the purest sense a blogging platform. You can use it as a blog, and that's pretty much where it ends. We don't extend it in the way that we would say extend WordPress. It is your words on the internet. And it is currently free if you're happy with a .bearblog.dev domain. And then if you want to swing a couple of dollars uh, my way, you know, for beer, uh, then you can get your custom domain as well as media management because, uh, as you know, hosting... Uh, image files can be quite resource yeah. intensive and i don't want to offer that to everyone for free i don't have vc money yeah <laughs> yet. <laughs> not yet not yet right right right, right. <laughs> who knows who's listening to this podcast right now herman yeah um yeah i appreciate bear blog for for exactly that i've been a wordpress user for many many years um going back to at least 2007 if not before so i've seen wordpress grow and change over the last 15 16 years that i've been using it it's become such a bloated behemoth. Um, it's a it's a it's a content management system. It's it's a plugin architecture. It's it's a million things, and it really kind of hit me within the last year when I went back into the PHP to customize something that it's like I, I'm lost now. I actually can't do this anymore. I used to be able to do this, and it's so convoluted and so complex trying to figure out through the rat's nest of PHP what's going where. 
that I'm over my head. And I wouldn't, if I did make a change, I wouldn't want to have to maintain it. And uh, I began looking around for other things and bear blog came up. It's like, I just want to write. And as you put it, my words on the web, that's all I'm looking for. I get to write in Markdown, publish, and it's good. And I, and I am throwing uh, the, the, the monthly beer money your way so I could get my custom domain and upload the occasional image and all of that. And, uh, and I love how fast it is, uh, how quickly a page loads with bear blog, something that having spent an awful lot of time with WordPress, trying to optimize page loading time and dealing with caching and dealing with image optimization, all the rest of that stuff, it's it's an endless uh, rabbit hole you go down trying to optimize that stuff. It's like, they're just words. And then you look at the HTML payload <laughs> of what all got delivered and it's like, wow, that's just crazy what WordPress has become. So. So anyway, I think um, I think I'm I'm singing your praises, Herman, for what Bear Block is and and appreciate it, and thank you that you came on the show to share with us uh, what's going on in the back end. Well, I'm I'm uh, straight down with you. Uh, I come from the trenches of WordPress as well, and I had my own blog in WordPress. I used to work um, tangentially with WordPress when the need arose, but when I went to refresh my my personal blog. A couple of years ago, I went through a whole host of different things. I tried out Jekyll for a bit, a little static site generator. I played around with Hugo. I even went as far as literally writing pure HTML files and uh, and then (laughs) popping them on the internet. And that actually worked fairly well, but I wanted a little bit more to it. So I initially actually built Bearblog for me. And then I, I actually built the first iteration over over a weekend, and I wrote a little bit about it on on Hacker News. And I came back to my computer, and everything was on fire because <laughs> I had <laughs> I had uh, the Hacker News hug of death just bearing down on what was at the time a four dollar a month Heroku Dino. When you initially created Bear Blog over that weekend, were you thinking of it simply as a platform for just you to use, or did you already have ambitions of letting other people leverage the platform as well? So this is this is a, the way that I tend to develop tools. Is I I develop with the implicit assumption that if I really want it, someone else will probably want it. So as an example, today I spent my Whole day working on a on a telegram bot that tells you the load shedding schedule depending on where you are and for for those who don't know what load shedding is uh i'm, I'm in south africa and the electrical utilities company can't keep up with demand so we have planned outages and i just wanted a telegram bot to tell me when's my outage and mm. so i built that and sent it off to a bunch of people and now they all use it as well I knew it was useful to me. And so hmm. Bear was that same philosophy. I really wanted a simple blogging platform. There'd also been a lot of talk on hacker news and related communities at the time about, you know, the good old web. We like <laughs> our HTML files and CSS and JavaScript is going to kill us all. And so I, one of my little design constraints is I'm like, okay, we're not going to have any JavaScript on Bear. And I've pretty much stuck to that except for a couple of asynchronous button clicks every now and then. And I'm very happy with the result. (laughs) That was actually the next question I wanted to ask you was about sort of scope creep on a platform. Because I think 
a lot of platforms or, or tools have started out with that very simple philosophy. We just want to render words on the internet real easy. And then people will start asking for features. Oh, could you add content management? Or I'd really like a shopping cart. Or can I just run my entire enterprise business on your little platform? <laughs> So what do you have in mind to to stave off the scope creep? And what do you think is within scope for what Bear Blog should be able to do? Well, I've gotten really good at saying no. And so I actually uh, come from a background of video game development. I worked as a video game developer for about three years and then made games on the side. And the thing about video games is that they're so big and complicated and you can always add significantly more. And this applies to software tools as well, but video games are just a whole other behemoth. Mm -hmm. And so if you actually want to get anything done, you want to ship anything, you have to like mercilessly cut features. There's a, uh, there's a video game from the early two thousands, uh, called eco. And they have this interesting design philosophy called design by subtraction. And that's uh, where they essentially built out what the system would look like. And then they just removed everything that didn't emphasize that core mechanic. So they removed the whole, you know, you can uh, have different weapons and you can have uh, your different suits of armor. And they just gave you a stick and you you don't even have a health bar. What you do is the point of it is it's a fetch quest. You're you're escorting this uh, this uh, person, and you know little demons come and try and take her away, and you whack them with your stick, and that emphasizes the core mechanic of the fetch quest and the relationship that gets built between these two characters. And so, with my other tools and with Bear, it's I like to set a very narrow uh scope of work and then just solve that in the best way possible i don't want to faff around with anything else i certainly don't want to become the next wordpress mm -hmm. and so if you go into bear blogs uh uh github issues list you'll see a whole bunch of people requesting things like support for this and that and wouldn't it be cool if we could do this and i'm like yeah but no <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that very much because I, I I looked at the platform a bit and I really I'm very curious about it and I don't want it to get bloated out like WordPress eventually did because that's the nightmare I'm currently dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to get off it. Oh, so, so Herman, you're primarily a developer. It sounds like. Um, so do you like dealing with the infrastructure that you inevitably have to deal with? So I'm not a big fan of dealing with the infrastructure that I inevitably have to deal with. I I do it like I, you know, eat green things is, yeah, I know that it's it's the healthy thing to do and I have to try and force myself to do it regularly and in the correct quantity. Um, but it doesn't come naturally to me. I, uh, I used to spend a lot more time doing it than I currently do. And uh, we'll talk about some of the design choices for Bear a bit later. But what I wanted when it came to infrastructure is something that was super simple and that solved the, solved the problems fairly well without me having to spend too much time in them. So it's kind of like a set it and forget it system, which is the holy grail of infrastructure. <laughs> 
so many times in the marketing materials that are foisted on infrastructure people, we're always told we're always told that developers want what you're talking about. But it's nice to actually hear it from a developer and not a marketing professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, so at one of the at one of the companies that I used to work at is we had we had a dedicated ops person and he used to spend a decent amount of time playing video games right like during the workday and my thinking at the time was like this guy's actually a pretty decent ops dude because everything's working and he can go and he can play <laughs> video games <Exactly>. um, <laughs> yeah if he's running around putting out fires um that's not always the ops person's fault but sometimes it, it can be an indication that they're uh not not taking an automated or hands-off approach on things. Mm. So we, when you look at infrastructure then, Herman, as a developer, what, what are the things that are most important to you? Is it is it cost? Is it performance? Is it just ease of consumption, like a good API? So cost and performance are are important things to me. And with Bear, uh, performance is, is definitely way up there. I did I did play around with a bunch of other uh, bits of infrastructure. And interestingly enough, Heroku seemed to be a very good fit for it. And I know that is actually running, running on top of AWS. So what's actually happening over there is AWS is pretty performant as, as should be the case. Um, cost is less of a, is less of a roadblock for me, based purely on the fact that I hope that when something becomes too expensive to maintain, I also have enough people giving me money that I can pay for that. And it's sort of like a, a solve the cost problem a little bit later. As far as API goes, I do want a really good, uh, really good ease of development. So that is a very high priority to me. I want high priority to me. Preferably, I'd be able to just push to a GitHub repository and then automated things magic happens in the background and mm -hmm. uh, i i'd like to kind of know what's going on over there just in case anything goes wrong but preferably my changes go live a, there's a very easy rollback mechanism and uh there's not too much hair off the top of my head <laughs> oh, this is this is very interesting to hear your perspective. We we tend to talk to more infrastructure professionals than developers on this show, and I've been wanting to to cross pollinate more, have more developer conversations to get your perspective. You really do want that that decoupled experience between your code and the the, the platform that it runs on. You don't want to have to care about it that much. It sounds like Herman. So I recently went and. Uh, ported bear to to run on run on some of my own infrastructure a little linux box and i did all the things i wrote the bash scripts i got the virtual machines i did the dockers and in the end it ran beautifully but i felt that if something went terribly wrong i would have a much harder time dealing with it Whereas what I like about the decoupled experience is that I'm kind of offloading that responsibility onto someone else. And in this case, it's a it's Salesforce, which is misplaced, uh, misplaced trust, I think, especially considering what is actually happening with Heroku right now. But I do I do really want to focus on building the products. I'm 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 definitely more on the product design and development side than the actual nuts and bolts oh if i could if i could have uh 
you know, an, an ops person sitting uh, in the back of the office and just make sure that everything runs seamlessly, I'd, I'd probably do that. But as a hmm. second, second best option, I'll use a service. Yeah, one, maybe one day the beer money will become ops money. And then you can have that <laughs> yeah. back playing video games because everything's working fine. Exactly, I mean, exactly. It's like, I want that. to pay ops people. Uh, I, I really want to pay ops people to play video games. <laughs> All right. Well, I like video games, so we might have a, a good side hustle going there. <laughs> uh, let's, let's get into the nuts and bolts of what's what's running their blog. So from a, a development perspective, what does the architecture for Bear Blog look like? So Bear Blog's architecture is actually similar to its to its design philosophy. Is that it's super super simple. Mm. I went with uh, the Django Python framework, and then that's uh, hosted on Heroku, which, as we mentioned before, is really just a abstraction on AWS, mm. and. There's there's a very good reason for this is that I know Django very well. I've used it in multiple projects and I can pretty much get anything to run fairly well on Django. And, and on it's, it's that, not just you know it, Herman. I mean, a lot of people know it. Very popular. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So if I need someone else to pick up some of the slack, I can very easily find a, a Django developer. And more importantly, and I've played around with Cloudflare workers and a whole bunch of these, uh, the the new stuff from GCP, like Firebase functions and everything. And the issue that I have with those is that there's a lot, there's a there's a lot more unknown unknowns, right? Is mm. we we know how Django works, we know how it fails, and we've got a I've got a reasonable certainty that if I run into any issues with it, someone in the community has already answered that question. And I can get up and running in no time. Whereas with some of these newfangled frameworks, uh, there's a good chance that you're going to run into an error that no one has ever dealt with before. And especially if you're using, say, Azure or um, GCP, is you're probably not going to find anyone to talk to about it. AWS is great in that respect, is you can get in touch with a support engineer in no time. But... I don't really want to have to rely on getting in touch with with these companies to to make things work. Hmm. And and Python as a coding choice with uh with Django. I mean, performance wouldn't be the first worry for for Bear. Is that fair to say? So I went and I did run some some very simple benchmarks, and yes, you can get a lot of uh, a lot more performance out of using something a bit lower level like it, let's say for instance you you ran it in rust um you could theoretically squeeze out a squeeze out a bit more performance however i'm super familiar with with django and it runs reasonably well on the infrastructure that we that we can give it so it it was the conscious trade off between like how long do i want to spend learning a new uh, learning a new programming language and framework, getting that up and running on some infrastructure, and then keeping in mind that I would have to maintain that, you know, theoretically indefinitely. And mm -hmm. so I really wanted to go with something that I knew worked very well and had a bunch of community knowledge around it and that I could reasonably support going forward. 
Yeah, I, I have no idea what your user load is on the back end, but I can say from my experience using it, I've been using it every day for about a month now. Um, my experience has been everything's instantaneous or nearly instantaneous, whether I'm doing a preview, uploading an image, um, you know, just, just writing and then publishing. It's all right there and it just happens immediately. There's never any waiting, delay, beach balling or any of the rest of it. It's a very snappy experience. I'm I'm glad that you're that you're having a good experience with it. Is I I'm also having the same experience, and of course there are uh, this this comes down to having a very simple design, but also because there isn't any JavaScript that loads into the page, the pages are tiny. They're mm -hmm. they are two point five to five kilobytes a pop, and because kilobytes. Did you hear I'm, that audience? Two point five to five kilobytes, not megabytes. Yeah, no, teeny 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 pages. Uh, it turns out that text doesn't actually take much space. <laughs> uh, and then if you do have an image, it's loaded from, uh, you know, it's it's provided by a CDN that I don't I don't have to run. So that's all. That's I, all I thought good. it was on CloudFront, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so it's it the yeah. it's actually uh, through DigitalOcean's own image CDN, uh, and also because because we don't have you know, one of these uh, JavaScript frameworks that's essentially running everything on the front end and then making asynchronous requests to the back end. There's a lot fewer things to go wrong and also a lot less um, feeling of slowness. So when you have a synchronous request, you press a button and the page loads. And the thing is that everyone who uses the internet is familiar with that, that, uh, that flow. You click on a link and it takes you to an, a new web page. And for some reason over the you know last five years is we've decided that actually users really don't want that. What they want is they want a custom loading spinner. And it's doing exactly the same thing. It's just more prone to error. I'm curious, because uh, I have started building some static sites uh, for instance, for another podcast of mine called Chaos Lever, we use a static site generator. It's using Hugo, and then it's just hosted on Azure's uh, static web apps because it's free <laughs> for under a certain number of requests. And so free is always nice. How would you compare what BearBlog is doing with Django to one of those static site generators? Is it is it similar in the sense that you're pre-rendering the pages to just vanilla HTML? So interestingly enough, we're not actually pre-rendering the pages on on Bear, and it is something that I I am looking into doing. But uh, generally, the the CDN ha like handles that fairly well, and so I'm not getting a lot of um, a lot of load on the actual server itself. Uh, as far as the as far as the comparisons between static site generators and Bear goes, is uh, just the the experience of reading is it is everything else is completely different considering you know bear's got its dedicated backend for going and writing posts and editing styles and uh whereas jekyll or hugo for that matter you actually have to go and change the physical files re regenerate and upload them and i i'm don't misunderstand i love static site generators and there is also a bear hugo theme if you're keen to use the bear blogs theme uh it was ported by by one of my users to 
uh, he's just like, hey, listen, I, I'm really into static sites and I'd really like to use your theme. And I'm like, hey, we're open source. You can do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just walk you through what my understanding would be then. When a request comes in for a page, um, that's rendered on the fly by Bearblog. And then it's probably going through a CDN. So the CDN will cache that version of the page. And as long as that page doesn't change and the cache is still valid, that's where you're actually going to be getting any subsequent refreshes of that page or additional. Yeah, requests. exactly. Exactly. Okay. So it's just that initial first render to get it loaded into the CDNs and then you're good to go for a while. Right. And and the CDN will pre periodically go and uh, re-grab re it. Um, but it does mean that my my server load is actually fairly small. Is that the Hacker News hug of death that I had right when I when I started Bear? Is I'm actually not on uh, much larger infrastructure than that currently. I just happen to have a CDN <laughs> up and running, and it handles most of the brunt. And we have uh, articles up on Hacker News very regularly. And we're handling them perfectly fine. And I think it's it's pretty difficult to get that level of traffic um, anywhere else on the internet. So I'm hoping that yeah. that's a pretty good stress test for <laughs> for yeah. the uh, the platform. Yeah. So I've noticed when I do an edit to a page, because we were just talking about caching and refreshes here, that change is reflected immediately. So does Bearblog notify the CDN, hey, time to refresh this or, or, or repopulate the cache or delete the What happens there? So to be entirely honest, some CDN magic happens and <laughs> Cloudflare scratches its beard and says like, mm, let's, uh, <laughs> let's update this. <laughs> to be completely honest, I'm not entirely sure, uh, but it, it updates pretty much in real time. So once you publish that, the next person who requests your page uh, does get the updated version of it. So what my assumption over there is, is that the request is made to Cloudflare. Cloudflare kind of does a little comparison and that feels like it would be slower than it actually is. So the, <laughs> the correct answer is I'm not entirely sure. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Now you mentioned pretty small infrastructure that you've got out there. Do you have a sense of the number of users that BearBlock could support? Yeah, so we're currently uh, we're currently running about fifteen thousand blogs, and depending on if anyone gets to the top of Hacker News, we'll have hundreds of thousands or up to say a million requests in in a day. Um, most of the time, it chills more around the you know tens tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands uh, of page views per day. Um, Theoretically, we should be able to increase that by an order of magnitude just based on my server load. And I'm not even on that big of a server, so I could just bump up that infrastructure and hopefully hopefully everything works out well. There's also the uh, there's also really, really nice uh, Heroku tools to just handle all of that for me. I'm not sure if I've if I've mentioned that there's this <laughs> there's this great uh, sort of decoupling between my experience and the infrastructural experience. So you're you're leaning into Heroku in part, like if you've got uh, you know a, a bunch more users, like say because of this podcast, all of a sudden you've got you've got a million 
bear blog that you're hosting, not 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 a mere fifteen thousand. Uh, and things went up. You think Heroku? You could just lean into Heroku tools to uh, to scale up. I feel like I I feel like I could. I reckon I could at least get to about twenty times the the current number of uh, of users without having to do hmm. anything um, particularly intense. And if this podcast does get me another, let's say, a million users then you know it based on conversion rates what that means is that i have i have uh i have ops money <laughs> yes yes more more beer money ops money yeah 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 well, talk to me about multi-tenancy uh herman you got these fifteen thousand users how, how do how does how do you keep me out of other people's blogs or other people out of my blog right so it's not exactly a multi-tenant system is uh bear blog is is actually built as a monolith. So it's just one one big old thing that's running all of these all of these blogs and how I how I handle the different blog instances is just through Django's uh normal uh user profile. So essentially when you go and you register, you create a blog object and then I just assign your user to that blog object and only you have access to the dashboard of that and that's all that's all guardrailed within django itself and then also within the code that that i write um so it's not let's say like a service that spins up wordpress instances for you where you go and you sign up and they'll actually create an entirely new instance for you mm -hmm. this is actually you're just part of the the giant machine that is that is their blog <laughs> the giant machine yeah i i get it and so the the security is handled then by by django that's a you know mature framework so you're just leaning into that to get all of that that separation done uh makes perfect sense and but it is an important architectural distinction as you said you're not spinning up uh ethan's unique bear blog instance you know and then then off i go all in my own little world it's i'm i'm part of the machine and it's just django that keeps me separated from everybody else's blog and everybody else's from mine that's pretty straightforward yeah exactly and and I, i'm i'm pretty happy to lean into django over there and i do make sure to you know keep the keep the versions up to date and all that stuff because if there is a if there is an exploit in django there are bigger problems than your blogging platform, yeah. right? Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to patch that up pretty soon. But Django's Django's security doesn't keep me up at night. I think it's very robust, very mature, and yeah. I I actually trust it a lot uh, a lot more than something more custom made. Now, Mike's the the experience that I saw. I watched a little demo video of of how to how to use Bear Blog. Uh, it, everything seems like it's all Markdown, which I love. I'm very excited about this. I discovered Markdown a few years ago when I was writing some technical documentation. And they're like, we use Markdown. And I was like, what's that? Oh, this is awesome. It's so much better than Word. Um, and if they, if you're coming from rich text editing and Word, you, you'll, you'll understand. Did you have to do a lot in terms of coding to facilitate facilitate the rendering of markdown to the pages that Django is going to, you know, present. Um, and did you customize markdown at all to support special features that people might request? 
Yeah, so I started off with a with a markdown, a Python markdown engine called Mistune. And it provides some pretty good basic markdown functionality, but I did have to extend it quite a bit. And it was it was actually fairly surprising to me that there were uh, so many different Python libraries for rendering markdown, yet none of them were as feature rich as say something that's built on Node. And I think the reason for that is that people tend to use Node or JavaScript in general for the client-facing applications, and actually doing Markdown rendering on the backend isn't as popular, so there just weren't as many options. Mistune mm -hmm. is is great, but I did have to you know make uh, add a bunch of additional uh, rendering things myself. I got really good at regex. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so it is pretty feature rich. There are a couple of there are a couple more um, bits and pieces that I do want to add in there, but they're super super niche. As long as it's got like up to the level of footnotes, people are pretty happy, and I'm pretty happy. Mm -hmm. Did you upstream your uh, your changes to uh, Mistune? So I didn't actually modify Mistune itself. Is I oh. I do a render through Mistune, and then I do a bunch of custom stuff because there are a few things that are specific to just bear. So let's take, for instance, if you want to add your uh, email subscriber form in line, that's a custom thing that is getting rendered yeah. into the page. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Well, speaking of customization, uh, BearBlog gives people the opportunity to customize their theme with their own CSS. And as I was thinking about this from a developer perspective, that feels like a minefield if you're giving people the opportunity to add <laughs> code like that. Is it a big deal or, or not really? Did you add like, I don't know, special guardrails to keep people in bounds? Well, so I do have I do have some rendering guardrails in place to make sure that people aren't doing anything malicious. And I very regularly get you know people tinkering about and trying to trying to exploit the system and you know everything's fairly fairly tight uh i i once even reached out to one of them and i'm like hey can you please stop doing this it's really annoying and he's sent back <laughs> and i just assume he's russian he's like i am enjoying this bear and mouse game um <laughs> <laughs> but uh overall with with css uh with the CSS and actually just uh, people's content in general. The main things that I'm doing is just making sure that they're not injecting uh, malicious stuff into the page. And that's fairly straightforward because again, Django's templating system can handle a lot of that themselves. And because you're abstracted away from the database with an ORM, it already has, you know, all your all your basic uh, injection um, exploits kind of covered. Um, the biggest problem that I have with CSS is protecting people from themselves. So mm -hmm. they'll go and just write absolutely terrible CSS and then I'll receive a support email like, hey, I can't see my content. I'm like, that's because you've got a black background and black text. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I don't think I'm any CSS expert, but I don't I don't think I'd make that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh -huh. so so with with that particular case, and yes, it did happen, is the default theme has a dark mode and a light mode where it just uses CSS queries to check what the user's system preferences are. And mm -hmm. it will change the background to, uh, it'll change the text in the, the background, the essentially invert them. And someone went and explicitly 
set their text color to this. And then they obviously open their computer at night and they're like, oh, I can't see anything. <laughs> they just highlighted the page. They would have seen all the text there. That's exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's, well, that's something that's... I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I... Uh, I actually have so much patience for for bear users because they they are generally uh, technical people and they're always very they're always very polite. So I run I run another tool called Just Sketch Me, which is a 3D modeling tool that runs in in your browser. And the a lot of those users are very young and very few of them are technical. And so mm-hmm. I'll just get like the worst customer support emails from them like i want featured uh you know and just being angry and then with bear i'll always get one like hey man i love the platform i love what you're doing can you please help me out with this and i'm like yes sir i will help you out with this (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that that the difference in tone certainly makes a makes a, a big difference in how you'll respond and I've had similar experiences with some technical people. I'm always amazed when I get a really rude person. I'm like, where's your empathy, man? Like, we're, we're both dealing with this kind of stuff. You'd think you'd be like, oh, I know how terrible it is when people come to me like this. But, you know, not, not everybody is like us. I guess. Yeah. You mentioned a few times that Bear Blog is an open source platform. Um, can I self-host it? Is that something that I can do that you would recommend doing if I wanted to spin up my own instance in Heroku? So you can absolutely go and spin up your own instance in Heroku. However, you would then be hosting the monolith that is bare. You wouldn't be hosting an individual blog. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I guess the the reason that it's open source is, uh, well, it's, multi, it's multifold, is that the first one is it it keeps me honest is I really like software where people sort of see what's going on behind the scenes. And, uh, especially in the age of, um, the attention economy, I think that people have become disenfranchised with platforms and tech in general and having a, having it be open source as people can actually go and, you know, qualify the things that I say. And, uh, the, Further than that, it it's actually pretty good publicity. Is I can then say this is an open source blogging platform, and people are like <laughs> open source. That's a good word. Yes, and <laughs> uh, and it also it also on top of that allows people to like uh, open pull requests if they really want to. If they've got like a feature that's that they're burning with desire to have, they can open up a pull request, and then I can scratch my beard at it for a little bit and decide if it fits within my, you know, this is my opinionated idea of what bear should be. But overall, it's been really good. It's been uh, possibly one of the best decisions for bear. Are you currently looking for folks to help out with the open source project? You're looking for developers or someone to help with documentation or anything like that? Or are you content to keep it just you for the moment? I'm actually very content to keep it uh, just me based purely on the fact that this is a, it's kind of like in its maintenance phase. Yes, I am doing some development on Bear and I am, but it's generally like improving features and then adding the very begrudgingly adding new features is that I don't actually need a full time. Well, I don't actually need that much assistance with it. It's a fairly constrained scope project and it's gotten to the point where it is 
and people appreciate it for its simplicity and it doesn't actually need that much more done to it. So I'm, I'm perfectly happy to run it myself, but I do also have, and uh, not to get too morbid, but I do have, you know, someone else who understands the system and who can take over the reins from me if, you know, something tragic happens. So mm. we, that is one of the important things that I have had to think about because a lot of people are hosting, you know, something that's fairly important to them. And so it's, it's my responsibility to make sure that it does outlast me. I mean, I'm only, I'm only 30 right now and I plan to, I plan to hit at least triple digits, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, you raise a valid concern that I think has come up before. It was in one of your blog posts. Uh, how, how do any of us know the Bear Blog as a as a SaaS offering? How is that? How do we know that's going to be around permanently? Yeah, so that's actually a very good question, and it is a question that I that I have gotten quite a bit recently, and it's the main reason that I did write the write the post. It's titled uh, "Software That's Built to Last Forever" or "Building Software to yeah, Last yeah. Forever," and. In that, I, I pretty much explain the reason that I use the infrastructure and the services that I do. And uh, actually, to circle back to another reason why why Django and Python, Python were such a, a good choice is that, let's say, for instance, Salesforce acts in bad faith and they decide to completely nix Heroku. I can very easily move my uh, like the entirety of Bear over to a different platform. And I have actually done that in a few tests just to make sure that that it is very easily possible. So, you know, making sure that it is platform independent was was a big reason for me. And then on top of that, and we <laughs> I made the joke earlier about not having VC funding, but that's also a that's also a, an explicit decision. Is that when I first launched Bear and it was starting to get a lot of a lot of traction on on Hacker News. I actually had a, a handful of people reach out to talk about potentially offering me money. Um, and my, yeah, firstly, it's it's really exciting when someone's like, "Hey, do you want some money?" <laughs> <laughs> Terribly exciting. <laughs> but I actually explicitly avoided taking that on for for multiple reasons. But the main one being that I really want to make my own decisions when it comes to this platform. I really, uh, when when you take on funding, you're beholden to someone else to, you know, build that new feature or push for monetization. And we've seen this with platforms like Substack and Medium, both of which I respect, and they are arguably good platforms. The problem that I see is that they have a very, very strict incentive towards monetization because they have to well, for higher monetization. I mean, in the, in the United States, it's, it's, it's the pretty much the law. You, you got to maximize <laughs> shareholder value. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so I can, uh, I can ensure that bear isn't going to, it's not a, it's not a grow or die company. And that's one of the main problems with VC currently. And we are seeing, we are seeing like alternatives to that with your micro founder or sorry, your micro uh, VC firms that essentially do a profit sharing system or something like that, where you kind of try and align your incentives a bit better. But believe it or not, it, with just beer money is I'm actually making 
more than I was at my day job as a developer. So I guess it's not really just beer money and it is actually a sustainable career. Um, and that's on a minimalist blogging platform. Uh, it also, it also just allows me to do that thing where I go and play video games Mm. is I, if I'm happy with, with the software as it is. And currently I am, I'm working on a few minor things at the moment, but I'm very happy where with, uh, with where the software is, I can guilt-free go and play the new last of us game, which is great by the way. Mm. And, uh, and I'm not really beholden to anyone else to push out features or, you know, butts and seats. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, Herman, this has been a great conversation about Bear. I have a parting question for you that's kind of kind of apart from uh, uh, Bear blog itself. Uh, you're, you're a developer. You're talking to a lot of infrastructure people. So if you can impart some wisdom for us here, give us, uh, t- tell us something that folks on the ops infrastructure side of the house would uh, would help them understand developers' needs better? So I think that this one is very opinionated, <laughs> is uh, and it's something that's, that's discussed a lot, but I think that premature optimization is, in a lot of cases, kind of detrimental. And again, this is just my personal opinion, but uh, for a period of time, I was mentoring startups in West Africa, in uh, Ghana. And we would, they would, let's take, for instance, build their, uh, their website and their website would just be, it could be a static site. It could even be a Wix site, right? But they would have, you know, Kubernetes orchestrating all types of weird and wonderful things, which I'm sure that they had a great time setting up, but it was way too much for what they needed at the time. And it would be complete hole for anyone else to maintain. And I, I know it's a fairly, it's a fairly boring parting wisdom, like don't don't over-optimize and especially in the beginning. But it's some it's one of the main issues that I've seen, uh, especially new entrepreneurs and new developers just kind of bump into again and again. Very good. I yeah, keep it simple. If you can keep it simple, keep it simple. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. And those of us that have been building systems for a long time, I think would very much share your opinion in that. So you say you're opinionated, but I, I'm definitely of the same opinion. It's like, why, why did we bring in this massively complex thing to deliver this one service? Why are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple. If you can keep it simple. Well, Herman, how can people follow you, uh, bear any of the rest of those things on the web? Where would you send them? So you can find my personal blog at herman.bearblog.dev. And I'm also not on social media. So that's pretty much it. Herman.bearblog.dev. And I figured out how to get a hold of you through, uh, through that. So I guess that's good enough. Very good, Herman. Thank you for joining us. And thanks to those of you that are listening. Uh, virtual high fives to you for tuning in. If you made it all the way to the end, you are an awesome, awesome human. If you have suggestions for future shows, Ned and I would love to hear them. Hit either of us up on Twitter at D2CloudShow, because unlike Herman, we are on social media. Uh, if you, but if you, maybe you're not, maybe you're like Herman and uh, you'd rather not use the Twitters. Fine. There's a request form on Day2Cloud.io. You can fill that out. We'll get your show idea and we'll see if we can make it happen. And if you like engineering-oriented shows like this one, we know you do, visit packetpushers.net slash subscribe. All of our podcasts, newsletters, and websites are there. All nerdy content designed for your professional career development. And until then, just remember, 
Cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans. 